What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, it's time to go game by game, talk about the players I'd be starting and sitting this week. This is the final week of the regular season for most of you, so we've got some really important matchups to go over this week. So sit back, hit the like button, and let's hop into it. First game this week, Thursday Night Football, we're going to have the Raiders traveling to LA to take on the Rams, 44.5 point total, so an average total, and then Raiders six-point road favorites. For the Raiders, Jacobs, Adams, obvious must-starts. Everyone else is kind of a secondary play. The Rams offense is obviously very bad, right? So we know that the Raiders are going to have the ball a lot, but the Rams defense is still pretty solid, and so they're not a team that we're looking to like overly attack with secondary options. Your only other options are Derek Carr, uh, Mac Hollins, and Foster Moreau, but None of them grayed out as strong plays. Carr has at least 248 yards passing and two touchdowns in five straight. So that's like really good, right? But he's still maxed out as a quarterback nine over that stretch because he doesn't run the ball and he doesn't really post those monster games. Like even when we have Adams going for like 150 and two touchdowns, like Carr only throws to Adams really and, and Jacobs a little bit and Hollins a little bit and Moreau a little bit. And so it's like, you get these explosion spots for Adams, and Carr still is like the quarterback 12. So if that's what you need this week is a quarterback like 10 to 15, somewhere in that range, and you're totally fine knowing he's not going to be a top five quarterback, you're just going to get roughly in that range, then definitely a fine streaming option. Uh, there are just some other quarterbacks I prefer to stream this week. Uh, same can really be said as a streaming option for Foster Moreau. Like if you've been using him because you've had... Darren Waller out, maybe you picked up Njoku and then he was out and like you've just been streaming him, you can still go to him, but you know, the Rams are a pretty negative matchup for tight ends and he's maxed out at 44 receiving yards on the entire season. So, I mean, the ceiling's not really there. Uh, and then Matt Collins grades out as kind of like a low end option if you really do need him. Uh, but again, everyone has capped upside when you've got Jacobs and Adams combining for 89% of the team's carries and 49% of the team's targets over the last three weeks. It's those two, everyone else, secondary option. Then for the Rams, uh, no one's a must start, no one's a strong start. Akers had a season high 18 touches last week, but he was inefficient as always, needed those two touchdowns to be worth it. And I'm not fully convinced, number one, the touchdowns, right? Those are random. Even players who have huge workloads, don't get touchdowns plenty of the time. So we can't count on those touchdowns continuing, especially for a bad team. And then also, I just don't trust that the workload's going to continue rest of season. Um, so while he's going to project as a low-end running back too, if you need him, it is absolutely fine. But I would say like, if you don't have, and it might be possible that you do, but if you don't have like a lot of people on by this week and you don't need to play Acres. I wouldn't. It would just be for those of you who, you know, again, there's six teams on by. For those of you who do have people on by and are like, I need someone, you picked him up. I think it's totally fine. My guess is that he does see in that like 15 to 18 touch range, but is very inefficient with those touches and still needs a touchdown. He's also not really going to get targets. But yeah, if, if you need him, play him. Uh, definitely not a strong play. And the only other viable play is really uh, Higby. But I mean, he hasn't been used a ton recently. Um, it was kind of due to injury. He went back up to five targets last week, got more snaps. And so, you know, maybe you can play him. But, like, I benched him for Taysom Hill last week. And if Hill were playing this week and not on bye, 
I would do it again. Like, I just don't feel confident in Higby rest of season. There's no real need for them to be featuring him in the offense. But I have him in a league where I don't really have another option. So I am playing Higby as like a, I mean, he's my tight end. But I'm just assuming I'm not getting very many points. He's basically just like a high-end tight end to this week. Um, and then I know that some people ask about Baker. Uh, I didn't change anything. Like, Baker's just as bad as all these other quarterbacks. And we don't even know if Baker's going to start. Like, he's only got a few days. Like, whoever the starting quarterback is, I really don't care. I'm viewing them all as bad. Like, none of them are upgrades or downgrades. Like, they're all just bad quarterbacks. Next up, Jaguars at Titans. Low, 41.5 point total. Titans, 3.5 point home favorites. The Jaguars. Christian Kirk must start. ETN, I'm going to say strong start. Uh... As I've mentioned for probably the past like two months, uh, Titans, number one pass funnel in the NFL. We know with a high degree of certainty that we're going to see elevated pass rates from the Jaguars this week. And Titans are the number one matchup for opposing wide receivers. They are incredible at defending the run, especially rushing touchdowns as well. They just don't allow them. And if they do allow them, it's not usually to running backs. It'll happen sometimes. We saw Miles Sanders last week get the lucky touchdown. But on general, or in general, you just don't want to be starting running backs against the Titans. Um, I say strong start for Etienne, though, because you know he had it. I believe it's his his highest snap share of the season last week. He didn't have a great game, but like if he's going to be out there, you know, eighty percent of snaps, and he's got a passing game role. Like even though he's going to be inefficient on the ground, and they're going to lean towards the pass, that might just mean like take away you know three, four, five even carries from his projection, but bump in like two targets instead and if he catches both those targets you're like oh cool i actually prefer that so touchdown upside low for etn yardage upside low um and his chance of hitting upside also lower uh but you know the odds that you're benching him like you gotta have a pretty good team and get pretty lucky with buys be benching him after that uh, again start kirk and then zay jones i think he's viable as like a maybe a low end two maybe better in like the flex of the second flex spot I uh, didn't have a great game last week, but he saw his over 22% target share in the season. Uh, before last week, he was coming off 24 targets in a two-week span. So, like, he's involved in this offense. Again, great matchup. And so, I think you can get by with streaming Zay Jones this week. Then, finally, it's Evan Ingram. It's uh, Trevor Lawrence. Both okay streaming options. I don't think you necessarily have to play one of them. Uh, but the Titans are a plus matchup to opposing quarterbacks opposing tight ends uh, thanks to the elevated pass rates that we talked about before and so I wouldn't say you're like jamming them in but if they're the top option on the rankings if maybe you have Trevor Lawrence as a streaming option because a quarterback on by uh, I'm totally fine playing both of those two players then the Titans it's really just Derrick Henry I highly doubt Burks is going to play this week and there's just no one behind him. Like, it's really that simple for the Titans. Tannehill would be the one that you might be looking at as a streaming option. But when you remove Burks, you got to think they're going to have elevated rush rates. And even if they throw at a normal rate, well, they're not a team that throws it all that much anyways. And so just like the chances that Tannehill has a great game are greatly reduced. So Henry, no one else. Next up, Eagles at Giants, 45 and a half point total. Eagles, seven point road favorites. The Eagles, uh, Hurts, A.J. Brown, always must starts. I don't care who they're playing, play them. Sanders and Devonta Smith are strong starts for me this week. Um, and no one else is really playable. Like, we just know pretty much all the yardage is going to be concentrated between those four players. And so there's no need to go outside of those four. 
Uh, Sanders got the brutal matchup we talked about a second ago against the Titans last week. Resulted in like his worst game of the season from a pre-touchdown standpoint. So like if you remove that touchdown, every other play in the game, he had his worst game of the season because it was such a difficult matchup. He does get bailed out by the goal line touchdown. We know that this season he has touchdown upside. Uh, and he's just involved enough in the offense to where, again, not a must start, but the odds are you're playing Miles Sanders this week given how many buys there are. Um, and then the only question behind that is really Devonta Smith. But, you know, since the Goddard injury, he's leading the team in target share up at 30%. He's got eight or nine targets in four straight games. Um, I just think, like, again, you don't have to start Miles Sanders. You don't have to start, start Devonta Smith. The odds are that you are. Like, there's nothing in the matchup that says don't play them. There's nothing in the recent history that says don't play them. They're strong starts. Then for the Giants, uh, Eagles are a negative matchup at every position. So there's no one way to attack the Eagles. They're just like really solid. I would say on the ground is typically easier than through the air. But recently, they've been a lot better on the ground. So, you know, bottom five matchup for quarterbacks, for wide receivers, bottom 11 matchup for running backs, for tight ends. It's just a tough spot. Uh, like I always say against defenses like this, stick to your studs. When we look at the Giants. That basically is start Saquon as always and kind of bench everyone else. I would say Daniel Jones, fine as a streaming option. If you want to go there, he's going to be in that same range as Carr in that like, you know, like 8 to 15 range where everyone has pretty much that same projection. Um, there's nothing that stands out about him this week, though. Slayton, another fine play in the flex. He has that upside, but again, it's a very strong pass defense. And then Bellinger. Fine play as a low-end tight end, but there are other tight ends you could probably stream that would be better than Bellinger this week. So none of them really jump off the page as like a strong play, but if you had to, you could go to those three. Next up, Jets at Bills, uh, which is a much more interesting matchup than most would have assumed to start the season. You've got a 44-point total in this one, and then the Bills are 9.5-point home favorites, which feels like a high number, but I guess when you factor in that they're home um, you can honestly say that the Bills at home are like more than the three-point edge that you usually gives, so maybe a four-point edge. As so you kind of look at that, you say five and a half points better than the Jets. Yeah, that makes sense. So looks like a really, really big number, nine and a half, because like the Jets have been very good. Uh, when you kind of factor that part in, it makes a little bit of sense. So for the Jets, uh, Buffalo, another team, we're not looking to attack them with secondary pieces, especially in Buffalo, not a good game environment for opposing teams. And so Garrett Wilson must start rest of season. And if Michael Carter is out again, I'd say Zonovan Knight is, again, a strong play. Uh, he's got this starting role on lock right now. And honestly, even if we get Michael Carter returning, I don't really see a scenario where they throw Michael Carter in. Because, again, Michael Carter wasn't all that good before getting injured. Like, he wasn't having that great of a season. And so you look at two really strong starts for Bam Knight, and it's like, why would they go away from him? So, I think no matter what, you're starting him, but I'll say, obviously, if Michael Carter is activated and playing, he's going to get some touches, and he is better than Ty Johnson, he's better than James Robinson, and so he'd command more touches than they would. So it's still a downgrade uh, for Knight if Carter plays, so you, you still want Carter out, obviously, but I, I think he still has a strong enough touch projection that even if Carter played, I think you're still playing Knight. Uh, but aside from that, no one really stands out as a strong play. Uh, Buffalo is the most difficult matchup for opposing tight ends. And so Conklin's off my radar. And then they're the sixth 
worst matchup for opposing quarterbacks, and I can't really project Mike White for 57 pass attempts again like he had last week. And so Garrett Wilson, Bam Knight for the Jets, no one else. For the Bills, um, another team, very strong defense up on the other side for the Jets. And so start Diggs, start Allen, and no one else is even a strong play. Um, we're not looking to attack any particular part of the Jets defense. And so obviously Allen and Diggs are great plays. But you look at Gabe Davis and you're not that excited about him as a play. He's a wide receiver 35 right now. Dawson Knox, not super excited about him as a play. My tight end 18 right now. And then given the running back split last week, like going into last week, if I looked ahead to this week, I'd say maybe Singletary was like a strong start. But James Cook had a ton of touches last week. I believe it was 20 opportunities and, and touches. I think caught all six of his targets. And so it's like if we knew they'd go back to the split before last week, you play Singletary. If we knew they'd use the split from last week, you use Cook. But we don't know. Like We really don't know what they're going to do. And so I kind of want to see it for another week. If you have to play Singletary or James Cook because you just don't have any other good options, I think it's fine uh, because I think it's a good enough offense and they'll both be used enough. And they're both good enough players. But I would say if you don't have to, I would prefer not to use either one of them. Next up, Ravens at Steelers, incredibly low. 37-point total, Steelers 2.5-point home favorites. For the Ravens, Lamar is very likely out this week. Uh, and while that is an obvious downgrade going to Huntley, the offense overall is going to operate in the same way since both are extremely mobile quarterbacks. And so we're going to expect to see the same plays, like the offense is going to run the same way. It's just that Baltimore is going to be less efficient overall because obviously Huntley is worse than Lamar Jackson. Uh, that being said, Mark Andrews still must start. He's got incredible splits with Huntley at quarterback. Like Huntley kind of focuses on Mark Andrews in the passing game. Makes sense. Mark Andrews, by far their best player. And so definitely obviously still start him. And then I would say Huntley, um, a decent streaming option this week. He's not going to do like incredible through the air or anything. And obviously, you know, it's never ideal playing a road underdog quarterback that's a backup in what's tied for the lowest total game of the week and it's lowest total by like three or four points like it's not going to be a shootout here that being said uh given his mobility we know he's going to run the ball we know he has a good chance of scoring a rushing touchdown as well you combine all that together he's still a good streaming option that's uh, just the cheat code that mobile quarterbacks are then for the Steelers uh Pat Frymuth must start in my eyes uh especially since the Ravens are most easily attacked with tight ends, they're not a bad defense by any means, but if you're going to attack them as true tight ends, his target share has been really, really nice since a Claypool trade, uh, and so it just makes a lot of sense to go to him, especially at a very weak position. Um, everyone else is a fringe starter. I really thought that Deontay Johnson, uh, George Pickens were going to be like really good plays with Claypool gone, but Deontay has been incredibly inefficient. Um, Pickett just like refuses to even look at Pickens at times, and so... They're kind of fringe plays, both in that like wide receiver 30 sort of range. Uh, definitely fine to play in your flex, probably better in your second flex spot. Uh, we do have the squeaky wheel narrative with Pickens this week. He's made comments about being frustrated that he's not seeing the targets. He thinks that he's doing a great job of getting open, but they're just not looking his way. And while like I honestly do believe in this narrative at times, like when players complain and they're bad players, it doesn't matter the bench and stuff. But a lot of the time, when players are frustrated, they're not getting targets because they think they're open. And especially when the offense isn't producing as much, 
it does work out. Like oftentimes they get more targets the following week. So I really do think that George Pickens could go out there and see like seven or eight targets this week, have a really good game. Um, but again, even if you factored that in, he's still just like a flex play. He's not going to grade out as a wide receiver too. Then for the running backs, um, I mean, I personally don't trust Najee, but you know, let's be honest, like for where you drafted him, uh, the odds that you have like either two other running backs and another receiver that are all going to project better than him on a week with six buys and with injuries, unlikely. So if that is the case for you, totally fine benching him. Uh, most of you probably just like have to play him though this week. Potential game of the week up next. Vikings at Lions. This game is a monster 53 point total and the five and seven Lions are currently two and a half point home favorites against the 10 and two Vikings. It kind of goes to show you that, you know, record in the NFL isn't always a great indicator of team strength. A lot of the time it is like most of the time you've got a team that's 10 and two, they're going to destroy a five and seven team or at least be heavy favorites. But the lions are a very, very good team when they're healthy and they're finally getting healthy now. And then the Vikings are definitely weaker than their record shows for the Vikings. Um, I think in a spot like this, you just want to start anyone if it's possible. Like you don't want to go to like a secondary player and start them over like a stud, right? If you've got like a top 10 wide receiver, you're not starting Adam Thielen over him just because they're in a 52 point total. And also no game is like, you know, a lock to go off. Even having this monster total, even having, you know, two good offenses going against the opponent that have bad defenses. Like it just makes a ton of sense. There's going to be a lot of yards and touchdowns in this game. Any game can dud. With that being said, everyone in this game is going to have not only an elevated ceiling, but an elevated chance of hitting that ceiling. And so even if, you know, a median projection only changes a little bit, understand that if the game plays out in a way where both teams are approaching 30 real life points, it is very likely, especially given how concentrated some of these offenses are, that we're having a few really, really good games. And so when in doubt, start someone from this game, Dalvin Cook. Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, all must starts. Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, strong starts. Uh, and there's really not a whole lot else to say for the Vikings side. Uh, Detroit Ben, a little bit better on defense recently, but just given the game environment, given how it's likely to play out, you want to be starting Vikings players. And then on the Lions side, Amona St. Brown, obviously start him. And I would say start DeAndre Swift as well. This is why we've been trading for him at a discount the last like two months because when he's healthy he's awesome and he's a fantastic play he was finally off the injury report late last week and he responded by getting 14 carries six targets turned that into 110 yards and a touchdown he's a phenomenal player it's a phenomenal spot you're playing him this week Behind those two, I think Goff is like a really good streaming option. I mentioned in the waiver wire video this week, but the last two weeks, the Vikings have played Mac Jones and Mike White, and they have thrown for 382, and I believe it was 369 yards against them respectively. Like Mac Jones and Mike White have done that. Like this Vikings defense can create turnovers, can be good in fantasy, but in terms of like being a real life defense, they are very inefficient. They allow high efficiency to the opposing team, a ton of yards. Like, Goff isn't a lock to go off because we could see Jamal Williams run for two touchdowns, Swift run for two touchdowns, and then they're approaching, you know, 35, 40 real-life points. 
and Goff doesn't have a touchdown. Like, that could literally happen, and so that's, like, the concern with playing Goff. But in this game environment, there's also a chance that Goff throws for, like, 300 yards and three touchdowns. And so, again, really good streaming option. And then lastly, just kind of alluding to, like, Jamal Williams is still a good start, and I do think I'd call him a strong start. His role was reduced last week, obviously. Like, when Swift is healthy, his role goes down. But he leads the league in touchdowns, and that role isn't going away. So whenever they get close, they're putting in Jamal Williams. And so, you know, in a game where we're thinking the Lions can approach 30 points, we're thinking they're, like, going to have the ball inside the 10-yard line a few times, which means that Jamal Williams is going to have a few opportunities to score a touchdown. In a week like this, I think that's easily played at running back two. Next up, Browns at Bengals, 47-point total, Bengals 6-point home favorites. For the Browns, Watson was awful last week, and that's why we took the wait-and-see approach. Like, until he has a good game, there's no way I'd feel comfortable starting him. And unless the quarterback you've been using is on by, or maybe the quarterback you've been using is putting up like 10 every week, like, why would you all of a sudden go to Watson, especially after what we saw last week? Uh, He's my quarterback 17 right now, so... If that's your best bet streaming, sure, go for it. Um, I don't think you need to play him, though. Uh, And despite the unknowns, I would say that Chubb must start. Like, let's be honest, it's Nick Chubb. You're starting him every week. And then Amari Cooper, um, even though Watson played bad last week, and even though Cooper didn't have that great of a game, uh, he had a 43% target share. And, like, we don't know if that's going to continue, right? We only have a one-game sample. Um, Maybe that was more randomness. But, like, he had nine targets, and no other player had more than three. So he tripled number two in the target share. And maybe you can say, okay, Njoku back this week, or at least he said he's going to be back, he should be back. Um, maybe he takes some targets away, but like he had a 43% target share is Mark Cooper. Like if we can kind of count on that happening or at least being close to that, I mean, I think I haven't projected for like the upper 20s and he's still grades out a must start. Um, I think you're playing Mark Cooper. And then kind of alluding to Njoku, like that one's risky, obviously, because if you told me he was going to play his normal snap share, which is like, you know, more than 80% of the snaps, slam dunk. I mean, you're definitely playing him. We don't know, though, right? He returns, um, doesn't play a ton of snaps. Then they kind of ramp him up, and then he's out last week. And it's like, how many snaps is he going to play? I'm projecting him not for a full workload, but for, like, close to it. And even giving him, like, a discount in snaps and saying, okay, he's not going to play all of his snaps. Maybe he's only out there for, like, 60 70%. Even doing that, he's a 10-1. And, and so it's like, okay, if I'm wrong on this one, which direction am I probably wrong on? It's probably on he played every snap and he's going out there and being great. And so I feel pretty comfortable playing him because, again, I gave him a discount and he's still like the tight end five. Like tight end is such a, a wasteland of position that I, I think you're just playing him this week. Um, and besides that, honestly, I bench everyone else. Um, DPJ is taking a backseat recently and they don't really have any other secondary options that we want. Uh, Hunt's been terrible. So I think kind of stick to the ones I just mentioned. Then for the Bengals, uh, start everyone that plays really. I mean, it's like Chase... Higgins, Mixon, Burrow. I think Mixon's going to return this week, uh, but basically whoever's starting. So if P. Ryan is starting, play him over Mixon. Um, but yeah, Chase, Higgins, Mixon, Burrow, start all of them. Um, Boyd just isn't a strong play. I wouldn't play him. And then I think Hurst is going to miss this week. Uh, none of their backups are appealing, so stick to the core four. Um, even though the Browns defense scored a billion fantasy points last week, they're a very bad defense. Like, They are not a good defense. They're not going to really slow down the Bengals at all. Uh, The Bengals have the fifth highest team total of the week. Uh, Start your studs there. Bench everyone else. Next up, we've got Texans at the Cowboys. I believe the last 1 o'clock game. 
Uh, 45.5 point total. Cowboys, 16.5 point home favorites. For the Texans, uh, they have the lowest team total by more than two points. And I have them projected to score 1.22 offensive touchdowns, uh, which honestly might be a little bit high. Uh, Pierce is a strong start. I wouldn't say must start, but I'd say strong start. Uh, just again, because six teams on by, volume should be there uh, to get close. He's the most likely to score, so he's the most likely to have that one touchdown. Uh, but he's only my running back 17 right now. And it's the same thing that I said with Etienne. Like, if you've got three top 15 running backs, or you've got maybe two top 15 running backs, and then like three top 15 wide receivers, and you can only play two wide receivers, right? You don't have three wide receiver spots. Then I think you can bench him. But like, other than that, I wouldn't look at this matchup and say, can't play Pierce. He's still going to get uh, a ton of touches if possible. Um, he's still going to be utilized. There's so many teams on by. Like in a normal week, honestly, I would say lean away from using him. Six teams are on by. You're probably impacted. You probably have to play him. Uh, behind that, though, no one no one stands out. Like the Dallas has just such a good defense. Um, for those of you who need a tight end in like super deep formats or all your dudes are on by and everyone scooped everyone else up, Jordan Akins isn't the worst play in the world, but you better be in like a 14 or 16 team league to be playing Jordan Akins this week. Then for Dallas, uh, Houston is facing the highest opponent rush play percentage in the league, along with allowing the six most yards per carry. Run on Houston and good things will happen. Uh, smash spot for Zeke, for Pollard, both grayed out as low-end running back ones this week. You're definitely playing both of them. Behind those two, I would say that Lamb is a must-start as well, while Dak and Schultz are strong starts, and then Gallup can be used in the flex if you need him. Uh, just understand that it, they're favored to win by close to 17 points that the Texans, basically teams just run on them every play. And so we're not expecting elevated pass play rates for Dak here. Like he's not going to throw the ball a ton of times. And also Houston's not like terrible at defending the pass. And so it makes sense that they just run it with Zeke and Pollard every play, that they'll be efficient because they're probably going to use play action and they're just a good offense. And so they're going to be efficient through the passing game. But like if, if the, player you play like you play Gallup and he doesn't score he's probably not going to have a very good game so don't look at the team tool and everything and be like oh they're gonna be running up and down the field to ask him to throw for like 350 and three touchdowns I mean maybe but the odds are he throws for closer to like 240 and then like the touchdowns are pretty random but like probably not four touchdowns right and it's like I'm not expecting a ton of volume and so riskier plays in the passing game so I would just stick with Lamb and then Schultz. He's a tight end that plays, so you could probably just play him. Four o'clock games kickoff. Chiefs at Broncos, 43.5 point total. Chiefs, 9.5 point road favorites. For the Chiefs, Mahomes, Kelsey, must starts every week. Pacheco, I would say strong start. Uh, and then Juju, like fine in the flex with McKinnon as kind of like a desperation play. Uh, Denver's allowing the second fewest yards per play, the fewest points per play, and they're at home. So, not a spot we're really looking to attack. Like, yes, their offense is trash. It's the same thing as, like, the Rams. When you play them from, like, now on, or I guess two weeks ago on, um, you're going to have the ball so much on offense that, like, you can be slightly less efficient. But I'd really only be comfortable with the ones I mentioned. And even looking at that, it's like, you know, Juju, it's a terrible matchup. I mean, the you don't want to play wide receivers against the Broncos. And so what has Juju shown you in the last two weeks that makes you want to play him? And then what has MVS shown you? And what has Sky Moore showed you? I mean, he had zero catches last week. So it's like, who are you going to at the wide receiver position? Like, just start Kelsey, 
start Mahomes, start Pacheco with the understanding that he's probably not going to have a catch. And so he only grades out as a running back 20 because he basically needs a touchdown to pay off. And I mean, let's be honest, they're going to throw it a lot when they get close because they have Patrick Mahomes. And so it's Mahomes, it's Kelsey, and maybe Pacheco. But other than that, uh, I don't really want to be attacking this offense. Um, Again, really bad spot at Denver. And then for Denver, I mean, I'm projected to score 1.48 touchdowns. And it's kind of a similar thing with Houston. It's like, well, maybe that's too high. Like, they're not that good of a team. They've been a disaster this season, even against trash defenses. Like, we look into some of these matchups and we're like, oh, this is this is the spot. This is the get-right spot, right? And then they stink. And it's not like KC has, like, a terrible defense. They're not, you know, lead or anything, but they're not terrible. Uh, Judy would become interesting if Sutton misses. And then Dulcich is a perfectly fine play regardless, who becomes even more interesting, obviously, if Sutton misses as well. Um, I would just be careful with secondary options on Denver. Like, they've been so bad that, I mean, we're barely even considering their primary options. So we don't look at secondary options there. Uh, but again, if later in the week we get news that, like, Judy's 100%, because he was limited last week on his snaps. He still did fine, but, like, he was limited. And so if he's going to play all the snaps and Sutton's out, you know, I'll, I'll probably like Judy a decent bit. Um, but, you know. That, that's really, yeah, like we're not out here playing like Kendall Hinton or anything. Like we played Kendall Hinton against the Raiders. They were number one slot matchup, but like we don't need to play him against the Chiefs. Uh, next up, Bucks at 49ers, another incredibly low, 37 point total. 49ers actually three and a half point home favorites, even with Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy as their starting quarterback this week. Now, to be fair, like Purdy didn't look that bad last week, which is more than we can say about Brady most weeks. Uh, but you know, if, if we're comparing these two defenses, who would you rather go against, right? The Bucks or the 49ers? I mean, the 49ers have been incredible recently. So I guess it makes sense that the 49ers are favorites and it's home. They're really only saying they're half a point better. So for the Bucks, uh, no one's must start. And realistically, I'm not sure anyone is even a strong start in a normal week. Evans and Godwin are must starts or strong starts. I guess they've, you know, been pretty bad recently or really on the entire season uh, the Bucks have been bad but um Godwin's been better recently Evans been okay it's like he missed that one touchdown on like the intentional PI uh Brady wasn't really looking to him all game but like if he catches that he's got what like 90 and a touchdown and now we're kind of looking at him in a different light right now they're the wide receivers 21 and 22 um but their ceiling is a little bit capped you know on the road against a very, very strong 49ers defense. So it's likely, given where you drafted them, you probably just have to play Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, just don't expect the same as like a normal week this week. And then for the running backs, honestly, if you can bench Fournette and White, I would do it this week. It's probably another tough spot where you're forced to play them. But like, I don't want to play people against the 49ers, and especially running backs. This is an awful spot for both of them again i really would bench them if you can then for the 49ers obviously start mccaffrey uh kittle's a strong start just because tight end is a wasteland but he hasn't been that great recently or really on the season uh and then debo and Ayuk, strong plays i hesitate in calling them must starts because we have purdy at quarterback like again he looked okay last week we don't know if he's going to look that good throughout the entire season um and tampa bay has like a, a pretty solid defense overall still um, but I will say that, like, you know, Debo and Ayuk are going to soak up a massive chunk of the targets. And so either one of them could hit for a decent game. Both of them project perfectly fine. And so if you have to play them, I'm totally fine doing that. And let's face it, like, Jimmy G 
isn't some like world beater quarterback. Like he's not that good. And so it's an obvious downgrade going to Purdy, but it's you know, it's not like we're going from you know Patrick Mahomes to Brock Osweiler. Like Jimmy G wasn't very good. Final four o'clock game is gonna be Panthers at Seahawks, 43 and a half point total, Seahawks four point home favorites. For the Panthers, no one's a must start, no one's a strong start. Uh Foreman's your best play, but he's only the running back twenty two. So it's possible you're benching him as well. Uh, he's been a lot better than expected this season. But for fantasy, he's really not that great. He doesn't have a catch since week nine. He has one game on the entire season with positive receiving yards. One. So he's the definition of a yardage and touchdown back. And a yardage and touchdown back is not a great play as a road underdog on a team projected to score under 20 points. Like, Think about it. He just is coming off a game. I don't remember how many rushing yards he had, but it was what, like 120 or something like that? Uh, Maybe it was a little bit less. But even if he had 130 rushing yards, if you're in a full PPR format and he's not scoring, that's 13 because he's not getting any receiving yards. And so that as a ceiling game, 13, it's just not really enough. He has to get pretty lucky to be worth it. I really don't think you need to start him this week. And then even DJ Moore, like DJ Moore is fine, but... Seattle is actually the third worst matchup for opposing wide receivers since they funnel all their passing game production to tight ends. But then you look at the tight ends, you're like, oh, okay, so who do we put for tight end? Well, the Panthers don't have anyone that's capable of like taking advantage of that matchup. So I'm not expecting all that much from the Panthers this week. You can play Foreman, you can play more, just don't expect all that much production. Then for the Seahawks, my guess is that Ken Walker is going to miss this week, and it's possible that Travis Homer and DJ Dallas miss as well. This is one where you just have to watch the practice reports. We will see who's available come Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Seattle did sign Wayne Gallman to their practice squad, so they're like anticipating someone missing, which, I mean, let's be honest, when you have three injured running backs, the odds are someone is going to miss, right? So it doesn't necessarily indicate that they're all going to miss, just that, you know, it, it's very unlikely all of them are going to play. Uh, so, watch that. I mean, there's really no analysis I can give because there's so many different combinations of what could happen. Uh, But again, my guess is that Ken Walker does not play. Um, The passing game though, I mean, let's be honest, like if there's a chance that all those players miss or even that only some of them are healthy or that they're like banged up and playing, why would they not throw the ball a lot? And like recently Seattle is one of the highest teams in pass rate over expectation. Like you just got to think Seattle's going to air it out. And so you're starting Geno, you're starting Metcalf, you're starting Lockett, um, it's not like a smash spot for them against the Panthers defense, but they soak up so much, like such a massive share of the passing volume. And if they're going to throw the ball at any sort of elevated rate, I think you just got to be playing them. I'd call them all must starts this week. Sunday game. So the night game, Dolphins at Chargers. This one was flexed in, I think. I think they uh, took out the Chiefs at Broncos game and put this one in, which I think is a good move. I mean, it's going to be a really good game. Uh, 52 and a half point total, Dolphins three point. Road favorites. The Dolphins, Tua, Hill, Waddle, all must starts. Waddle did leave last game early with a leg injury, was kind of in and out of the lineup. After that, he said he's going to play this week. Obviously, it's risky because he could easily get hurt again, uh, but he's just such a good player. Thin week. I just think you have to play Jalen Waddle if he's out there. Uh, behind those three, Mostert and Jeff Wilson are in great spots. Obviously, the Chargers, we've been picking on them all years of run defense. Third worst against running backs, allowed the highest yards per carry in the league. I guess the question is, how much do you trust this uh, running game? Like, Mostert took a back seat to Jeff Wilson. 
Then last week it flipped, and then Jeff Wilson was taking the back seat to Mostert. Um, they combined for eight touches last week, so kind of tough to like fully grade that out. But it was seven for Mostert and one for Wilson. So it's tough to have confidence in someone who had one touch last week. Um, I don't think either of them can be considered strong starts. But on a thin week, if you had to play them, again, one of the best spots for running backs, if you have to play one of those two, it's, it's okay to do so. Then for the Chargers, um, somewhat depends on Mike Williams. My guess is that he doesn't play this week. But if he does, then everyone is a slightly worse play besides Herbert, who'd obviously be a slightly better play. Um, but when I project Mike Williams out, it makes Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen all must plays, Palmer and Everett strong plays. Virtually all the volume will go to those players with a little bit to DeAndre Carter. But we saw last week DeAndre Carter, very, very low floor. If Mike Williams were to play, I would not play him because I want to see him finish a game healthy before starting him. It would, it would just make um, Palmer and Everett more fringe plays, still playable, but just not as good. And then everyone that I listed as a must play is a must play regardless. Final game of the week, Monday Night Football, Patriots at Cardinals, average 44.5 point total, Patriots actually 1.5 point road favorites. The Patriots, I'm guessing that Harris will be out again this week, which makes Stevenson the lone must start for New England. He's been an absolute monster this season in any game that, honestly, on the whole season, but in any game that Harris has been out, it's just like he has one of the most secure workloads in the entire NFL. Like they do not trust Kevin Harris. They do not trust Pierre Strong. Stevenson's getting all of the volume. And so if Harris misses, which I think he's going to, please play Stevenson. Uh, and then behind him, Myers is a strong start as long as he practices in full at some point. Like he's been kind of in and out of the line at the last two weeks. I would very much like him to play all the snaps uh, to be worth starting. Uh, but New England had like a mini buy because they played on Thursday and then they play on Monday night. So they've got like a long time to rest. I would imagine that's enough for Myers to be 100% now. Uh, but again, just check the practice reports. I'd very much like at least one full practice. If you can practice in full on like Friday, Saturday, that'd give me a lot of confidence. Uh, behind those two, only the players I'm looking at are Hunter Henry and uh, Johnu Smith. The Cardinals are by far the best matchup for opposing tight ends. And so you could realistically, if you had to, stream either of these two. My lean is Hunter Henry because he's a little bit more involved. Um, Johnu Smith also gets more of those like screen passes. And so for someone to literally take advantage of this like match against tight ends, you'd want them running in the middle of the field, which is more Hunter Henry and less Johnu Smith. So you can stream either one of them. Again, the lean is Hunter Henry. Then on the Cardinals side, New England has very strong defense, so we're looking to like stick to the studs here, uh, and that would be Kyler, Hopkins, and James Conner as must plays, Marquise Brown as a strong play. Um, I'm not expecting anyone to be overly efficient, I'm not expecting anyone to have a monster game, um, and you might be surprised, I guess, to like see how many there are must starts against New England, but I'm still expecting the Cardinals to like be decent on offense, and since all of their volume, like Connor's like the only running back they play and all their volume goes to very few players in the passing game that even if they don't have like a really, really good game overall, they're still gonna have good enough games and have good enough upside to where I think I start all the players I just listed. So as a breakdown of every game this week, the rankings are constantly updated on the website. So if any news drops that I didn't talk about here, um, you can see my updated take over there. I'll be back Saturday to go over my favorite plays this week. That my friends is in this one. Hope you all enjoy if you did. How about hitting the like button? And how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.